Alicia, Katie. what are we obsessed with this week? The one and only murder she wrote, in particular, the episode season four on Thursdays, It Must Be Beverly. Now, let's let our fans know, Katie, that when we decided to start a podcast, we were originally going to start a podcast based strictly on Murder, She Wrote. It is one of our deepest obsessions, like our oldest obsession. I don't know why more people are not on board with this. Alicia has written letters to Netflix when they took it off <laughs> Netflix's offerings. But don't worry, guys. It's now on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just an amazing show for so many reasons. Like just to back it up, if people who have not seen Murder, She Wrote, and you should have, um, it's the story of a nice 60-year-old woman played by Angela Lansbury, who's um, the greatest who's a dame that ever was. Greatest dame that ever was and is currently living. Um, yes. and, <laughs> and so her, she lives in Cabot Cove, Maine, which is just a small little, little town in Maine. And, a sleepy um, little coastal town. A sleepy coastal town. And she, uh, episode one, she, her husband has died. And so she just writes a manuscript just like to busy herself um, between, you know, classes as an English teacher at the local high school and her nephew, she's got many nephews and nieces, as you'll find out, but her nephew submits it to get published and she becomes overnight a worldwide bestseller. And the rest of the show is while she in the show plays somebody who writes mystery novels, she also seems to always have to solve mysteries in her life as well, not just in her books. Yes, she is extremely shrewd, often, you know, having just to take the lead for the idiot deputy sheriff Tapa, um, who's yeah. the, the head sheriff in Cabot Cove. And while also, you know, is accompanied by her dear friend, Dr. Seth Hazlitt, um, their relationship is strictly platonic. Um, as we'll discuss in this episode, but they do make quite the pair and I adore them. And I can't believe Katie that we're about 24 episodes into this podcast and that this is the first time we've discussed murder she wrote. And it certainly won't be the last time I can tell you that. No, Um, I know we've been kind of saving. We've been trying to figure out what would be a great intro episode to talk to you guys about murder she wrote. Because just like, again, taking a step back, Murder, She Wrote was on for 12 seasons. It started when yes. Angela Lansbury was 60. There is, and so it's the 1980s and early 1990s. There is no love scenes. No, I don't even think there's really any like explosions or anything. It's strictly just a show about people getting murdered and then this like old woman solving them. And there were 12 seasons of like 26 episodes each season. There are so many hours of this woman on TV. Yeah. And I just think it's amazing that it was just like a runaway success. Yes, agreed. And let's not refer to as an old woman. This is a, a, a fabulous lady who solves these crimes. Um, Correct. And, you know, yeah. I think the intro of the episode with a fabulous ditty, which I used to always would whistle to and Katie was so tickled by it and we did it just about every night when we lived together um you think that I did it once in a blue moon but the intro just says it all you know she fishes she jogs she bikes she writes I mean she is truly a renaissance woman yeah she's running this town so to give us all right so we we're now in season four we tried to pick a good episode some of the episodes take place in like other areas but this episode takes place in Cabot Cove. You got all the main characters. 
Um, yeah, and Katie and, and I do love, we love all of the episodes. They're also TV movies, folks. But Katie and I do love an episode in Cabot Cove because we love a sleepy little fictional town. Um, and it's just what better place than to go to Cabot Cove where it all started. Yeah, exactly. All right, so give us some background on this episode, Leash. Okay, so this episode, um, it starts out and Jessica's in the beauty parlor with all of um, her, the busybody ladies who get their hair done. And, you know, we have names like Eve Simpson, um, Ideal Malloy. I think that's my favorite That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Loretta's beauty shop, you know, Um, Beverly, Kareen. And I love that... um, you know, within the beauty shop, it's just, you know, Jessica's, she's a very sensible woman, but she's not ostentatious, although she's been extremely successful as a mystery writer, so she could be, but she informs Loretta, you know, not too much fluff in the front or the back, so she's just very practical, um, but the rest of the women I in the beauty salon, I wouldn't say are very practical, um, but basically, so it starts out in the beauty salon, and there's the postman, who brings in lottery tickets um, from New Hampshire. Also, I love the New England accents they do. I wonder, I'll have to talk to Lucy or another one of my friends because I'd love to see if these are actually at all accurate or if they are as outrageous as they sound to me. But um, so anyway, the postman, he, although they're in Maine, he goes to New Hampshire to visit his sister and he gets lottery tickets because New Hampshire, they play fast and loose. They have the big $2 million lottery versus the $200,000 lottery in Maine. And um, and so the postman's collecting money to buy the lottery tickets. And that's something, you know, that we'll come back to. But can I just say in this opening scene, Jessica really just looks so ravishing, very understated in a long green dress with a big buckle. I mean, I, her look is timeless. I'd wear that now if I had a waistline like Jessica. I love that. Yeah, I will say, I'm, I apologize for earlier for, um, saying that she's an old woman because she's not I mean 60 is the new 30 and uh and she does wear pretty stylish clothes like for the time you know she's not she's not just wearing a moo around the house with some house slippers she's a business lady yeah she's a bossy business lady but she really has that Margaret Thatcher approach you know plant the seed let the men think they're solving things but really it's Jessica who's getting stuff done um, that and, is you know, such she established a good... fourth wave feminism before I even knew what it was, before it was even a thing. I mean, I still don't know. What is fourth wave feminism? Um, or maybe it's seventh wave. I don't know. It's basically, <laughs> I, I think it's like you use your, um, your natural abilities and talents to sort of like, to make it like, it's not obvious. It's not like, Hey man, don't hold a door for me. I'm a woman. It's a more subtle, suave approach. Got it, um, got it. Okay. I'm, I'm sure there's a much more um, eloquent, accurate, concise way to describe that, but that's how I interpreted it. And I think okay. it works. And so yeah. let's, let's jump to the plot in this one. So there's a deputy sheriff and his wife, um, what is her name? Audrey ends up dead. Well, in trying to figure out, you know, who the killer is, Jessica and Sheriff Tapa, and um, Seth Hazlitt discover that Jonathan, Deputy Jonathan Martin is quite the Don Juan and has a romance 
each of the ladies with the exception of Jessica in the beauty shop. So they discover his calendar and they see, or like the, the deputy calendar and they see like every Thursday, he must be at Beverly his house. Hence the, the title of the episode. If it's Thursday, it must be Beverly. And so um, this is just really funny because the, the sheriff, he doesn't seem like he'd be a Don Juan. He seems sort of like a, a very nice man. And his wife, don't feel too bad, folks. Um, although she was murdered, she was a terrible alcoholic. And she was not appreciative of Deputy Jonathan Martin. You know, he bought her roses. He tried to take her to get ice cream. And she'd say things like, well, now you're trying to make me fat. You know, so I, I don't really feel that bad for her, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, what do you feel, I, rarely, I rarely feel bad for the victims in this show. Let me, again, stepping back. Oh, I did one of that. the One of the things, well, I mean, normally they're like, they're pretty like evil or kind of like weird characters. Like they're not, you know, it, it's very rarely that like a victim is supposed to be like somebody that you care for. I mean, usually gotcha. it's sort of like law and order. Usually you find the body within the first like three minutes of the show. So you're not even really attached to those characters. But um, one of the things I like about Murder, She Wrote and that I like watching is that while it's like a detective show, they eventually she'll explain to you like how she solved the, the murder. But you, if you like follow along or pay attention enough, like you could possibly solve it, you know? Well, and Katie, you might I will say Katie is much better at solving the murders than I am. Um, and that, that's something that I used to say, hey, why can't I solve the murders? But, you know, we all have our strengths. I can whistle the intro <laughs> song. Right, I can't whistle, you know. It, again, it, it works. All right. And so can I found- just say, oh, sorry, continue on. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, pretty much any famous person that's anyone got their start on Murder, She Wrote. Okay, Bruce Jenner was in this, or, well, Caitlyn Jenner when Caitlyn was Bruce. Courtney Cox. Um, Jessica Walter these are just a few of the great names and oh Jerry Orbach I mean it is so fabulous and Katie and I used to just play a game you know what uh celebrities uh the mom from even Stevens was in an episode I mean I just I get a kick out of it and I think it's fabulous and um I love some of their like their quotes or murder she wrote isms like in this particular episode the the post the postman said that, you know, the catalog must have gotten delayed. And someone said, at this rate, we would have just been getting our draft notices from World War II. I mean, that is just hilarious, you know? Hilarious. That's that down-home clean humor you're looking for. Yeah, um, it really is. So I will say, very rarely, this show doesn't have, like, any love scenes, which is um, <clears throat> different than today's <laughs> TV landscape. Uh, yeah. There's some, there's some mild implied flirtation between many men and Jessica because she is very alluring. And so it's, it's, it makes sense that she would have a number of men who would, you know, receive her. (laughs) Right. Who would potentially be serious, but every once in a while, the, the show like deals with like, like kind of like a sexy topic and the characters are just baffled at how to deal with this. So like, Oh, Anne Mira was in one. Sorry. Another great, another great actress who um, had a big role in it. Uh, anyway, so like this one, because um, the, the deputy sheriff was having like relations with all the women, Sheriff Topper and Seth Hazlitt, the two men uh, are just, they, they can't even, they're too embarrassed to even talk to the women about, about oh, yeah, their I love thought that was life. hilarious. Like they made Jessica talk to the women about it because they just couldn't possibly, um, you know, communicate about this with a woman. Right. 
Right. They're like, well, okay. And the women are, are pretty, um, pretty open and honest. Like one of them, Beverly is just like, it was good clean sex once a week. Yeah. And, that- and I mean, talk about speechless Seth Hazlitt and Jessica and Sheriff Tapa were all speechless after that comment. Yeah. They're the, the women are like, look, we have needs. Most of them are either widowed or, or, or single. And they're like, we got needs. And you know, Jonathan, the, the, um, the deputy sheriff was helping us take care of them. And one of the things I loved was after they found out his wife died and one of the women that, that he was having an affair with comes over and opens his fridge. He was trying to prevent her from doing so. And she sees all of the casseroles from the other women in there. I just got such a kick out of that. And, um, I, I just, it's, it makes something that's like really sort of tawdry, just seem very like wholesome 1950s. I just, I thought it was so Yeah. Funny. Um, oh, another phrase that they used on this was small. She's just such a small town item. I'm like, where, where did they come up with this? I mean, it's just amazing. I don't know. That is funny. And then we should um, start using also, that. Uh, we're absolutely going to start using that. And then also Loretta, the owner of the beauty salon, when she says that she went off, she was keeping it a secret. She went off to have collagen treatments and Sheriff Tupper's response was, is that fatal? <laughs> so it was just obviously a different time um you know but I think oh another thing I want to discuss so guys in general Jessica's wardrobe is always fabulous and this episode was no exception as I mentioned the green dress but I think it was towards the end Katie I mean she had a blue v-neck blouse very v-neck now not where you see any cleavage but she looked very sophisticated and chic and there was some bare chest showing with a belt buckle and she just looks superb. Superb. Alicia, is she your like style icon? She's um, my style icon, my life icon. Um, she is like my icon for everything. <laughs> and she's, I think she's really great. I think Katie, the other thing that I love about this episode is it really shows the dynamics between Jessica and Sheriff Tupper and Seth like so Sheriff Tupper's kind of a mooch and he always wants to eat and um and Seth and Jessica like to get together and cook and Seth is always you know so incensed by Sheriff Tupper and and he's will say things like the way you manage to defy logic is just truly you know incredible um and so in this episode they're making escargot and and the last thing Sheriff Tupper Tupper sampled was um was calamari thinking it was like some chicken and so he tries the escargot thinking it's really good and they look at it and and Seth looks at Jessica and says do you want to tell him and then I think it was just the scene yeah the end of the episode no I will say like the again 12 seasons 26 episodes a season it's um it's amazing like that they didn't run out of plots or run out of storylines but they also kept these like down homey like character traits for all the characters which I think is so great um I mean eventually I think Sheriff Tupper retires and there becomes a new sheriff yeah it it took me a little while to warm up to him but then by the end I liked him too yeah but uh you know all in all like again they they really grounded Jessica and her small town roots she while she could live in you know New York or Paris or wherever she's living in Cabot Cove Maine that's what's happening yeah and, and Katie and I have decided 
we are, Katie and I have decided we're going to Cabot Cove, even though I know it's fictional, but we're going, we're making it happen. Sort of like a Halloween town situation where we need to go out to Oregon during Halloween. Um, But yeah, guys, if you have not seen Murder, She Wrote, unfortunately, there are only five of the 12 seasons available on Prime um, and they do have commercials. But let me tell you what, do yourself a favor. You, it is totally worth it. And as Katie mentioned, you know, I did uh, sign the petition to Netflix um, to get them to get Murder, She Wrote back on air. I even, you know, tweeted at them and threatened to switch to Hulu. They didn't know I already had Hulu. But you know what? I, I'm not giving up on that, Katie. I'm, bl- I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I need to get back to my causes. I guess, you know, the wearing shorts at work kind of occupied me for a little bit. But it's time mm-hmm. I get back to my roots. So wait, um, I'm just, I think- I'm looking this, I'm looking this up live. I actually think Murder, She Wrote is on Peacock now. Because I think what? it was an NBC show. Hold on. All right, I'll update y'all. We'll, we'll post it on our, our social. But um, I'm, I think it might be on Peacock now. I don't know. We're, we're going to figure out a way to make sure you guys watch it. But again, if you watch, like, if you keep, you know, a psych or um, an office of, like, kind of on in the background as, like, a background, just so you're not alone with your own thoughts, which I totally get. <laughs> Try Murder, She Wrote, another great background show. It's interesting if you want to get into it. I obviously liked all the plots. But, you know, it's not so complex that it's like, oh, my God, if I've missed two seconds, I've now missed the whole story. Sort of It's very soothing to have in the background. It's almost like having a fire on, you know, or (laughs) a childhood story being read to you. So please give it a try. And Katie, I think we, I mean, because Katie and I are both on our lunch breaks. That's how dedicated to this podcast we are. Um, And I also passed out last last week at 8 p.m. when I was supposed to record but anyway um I think we're definitely gonna have to do a follow-up on Murder and really just dive more into the character of J.B. Fletcher what do you what do you think Katie agreed but again if you want to start our episodes I mean I obviously suggest just starting from the beginning and binge watching all 12 seasons it should only take you a month or two but if you're not that de- <laughs> if you're not that dedicated and you just want like oh an episode that you know you're gonna like try episode four or season four what episode is it I think it's episode seven yeah called um if it's Thursday it must be Beverly it's a great intro yeah. into this into the series and report back and yeah um anyway that's all we have for now we're obsession confession confessions and until next um, time until next time <laughs> bye y'all bye Katie.